0: Coin, a flat, typically round piece of metal with an official stamp used as money. Genius, a person who is exceptionally intelligent or creative, either generally or in some particular respect. CoinGenius, an advanced intelligence and analytics platform specifically intended for cryptocurrency traders. Today, we welcome Jeremy Bourne, the creator of CoinGenius, to the show to discuss his new platform that runs on AI and machine learning. If all goes according to plan, it will empower crypto traders with the most vital information needed to make sound investment decisions in real time. Bad, of poor quality or low standard, crypto concealed or secret podcast a digital audio file made available on the internet for downloading to a computer or mobile device typically available as a series new installments of which can be received by subscribers automatically episode 255 this one
1: Hey Travis Wright, yes sir. Hey, how you doing? I am doing.
0: <laughs> Caught you off guard because usually I start the show like "Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast." And you're like, "Are we are we just talking or what?"
1: All right there you go. Uh, we're having a show, I guess. We're turning on the microphones. Hello again, yeah. folks. Well, this Welcome kind to of another a delightful episode.
0: It's gonna be so delightful and we're glad that you guys are here. We're gonna talk about Coin Genius. Um, this is a project that we have been advisory on since the beginning, and really cool to see this thing coming to fruition.
1: You know, it is. I met Jeremy at an event, a Brandify event in October of 2017, and I had a keynote presentation there, and I brought my daughter with me, and then we ended up going to you know Walt Disney or Walt Disneyland out there which was really cool. Had a great time. And he knew that I was all about the blockchain. So when he had this idea, he reached out and had a conversation. And, um, you know, it, if you can start aggregating all of this data into one place to be able to help make better decisions, that would be a really cool tool. Now what's happened is he's connected with a lot of really smart AI and developers and, machine learning and all this other stuff, and he's compiled a pretty cool thing that's pretty close to being done, apparently.
0: And we're going to get into it today. Before we do, how about we talk about our sponsors? Mr. Travis Wright, why don't you take this first one? Because I think you need a job. Get a job. Get a job. Get a job. Get a
1: job. Get a job job when it's time to make a hire for your business. Uh, (laughs) Naturally, you want to find the best person for that job, duh. Uh, Best place to go find that person, LinkedIn, right? So if you're not on LinkedIn jobs, you should be. It makes it a whole lot easier to get matched with quality candidates who make the most sense for your role. Plus, people who are looking for a job like to use it because if you go through this LinkedIn process, then you can easily apply by just boop hitting your button for your LinkedIn profile and it it applies you for a job. So it's pretty cool. So people come to LinkedIn every day to learn. I mean, they bought lynda.com. Remember that? They bought mm-hmm. Lynda.com. So all this great video learning stuff is there as well.
0: They it's bought Linda, there.
1: they bought Susie, they bought Denise, they bought Mary, they bought, they bought slideshare.net, Linda. And then they killed it, they kind of killed it. But they've and they've done um lynda.com. So that's like all the great learning classes they have out there now. Yeah. You can get certificates and stuff. So, anyways, if you have a job and you need to hire some people, LinkedIn Jobs is the number one place for delivering those quality hires. Post a job today at LinkedIn.com slash bad crypto podcast. You get $50 off your first job post. LinkedIn.com slash bad crypto podcast. Terms and conditions to apply. Indeed, they do. Also,
0: for our sponsor, Divi. Yo, yo, Divi. What, what, what? It's a crypto app. Makes it easy to earn, makes it easy to learn, makes it easy to burn. You're don't burn your cryptos. But you can transact with them and you can store them. In fact, this is the first crypto ecosystem that's powered by masternodes that you can install just by going click. That's it. You go Click. It's the masternode one. Click. We just Seen installed it. two masternodes. Click, <laughs> click. install it. It's a cloud installer. So you begin earning cryptos from this masternode without having to go through this complicated setup. They've got a, a smart wallet, which I've actually downloaded to my desktop. It, it uh, works really easily. I clicked. And uh, this is created by the Divi project. These guys want to reduce the friction tax of crypto through their user experience and user interface. Like, I slowed down for a second there. The And you can learn more about it at diviproject.org. Stay up to date on all things Divi by following. They're on Telegram. They're on the Twitters. And you can now purchase Divi on a blue trade. It's B-L-E-U. A blue trade. Divi to Bitcoin is being exchanged on a site that sounds like it is very Frenchy French. Click. Click. Did you just turn me off?
1: <laughs> I was just clicking. I just installed another Masternode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're installing Masternodes left and right.
1: Ugh, Masternodes are puppets. Is pulling your strings. Ah, yeah, you're all.
0: You got like five or six of them running now, Travis. That's Master. pretty impressive.
1: That's true. That is true. It's very impressive. You would almost say that I'm a crypto genius.
0: I would almost say that, but Jeremy Bourne is a coin genius, and let's catch up with them. Many, many moons ago, when crypto was mooning, Mr. Travis Wright and I had the pleasure to meet with one Mr. Jeremy Bourne of CoinGenius.ai. CoinGenius is an advanced intelligence analytics platform specifically intended for crypto users. They've got sophisticated artificial intelligence and machine learning algorithms to empower traders with the vital information that you need to make sound investment decisions in real time it's all about transparency and ai and mr travis wright and i agreed to be advisors on this project and even though the crypto winter is cold it's very cold out there kids coin genius is moving forwards and we're pleased to welcome the ceo jeremy born to bad crypto hey Jer. hey how you doing thank you so much for having me pleasure to be on the show Absolutely, man. It's good to talk to you and it's good to see things moving forward with Coin Genius. Again, the website coingenius.ai. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give us a refresher on the why for this project?
2: Yeah, that's great. I love starting with the why. So um, back in early 2017, I got into the space, understanding capital markets and you know trading, doing some day trading myself. Obviously, coming into this industry, you're faced with you know some limitations and some roadblocks in the sense that like how do I grade a wallet? Like how do I make sure I don't pull a Travis and lose my crypto? Right? All those hey, types.
1: Hey, of things. hey, hey, hey! <laughs> oh I had snap!
0: To. I had to. That just happened.
1: <laughs> oh, hey, Mr. Joe Com just recently lost some crypto. So, okay. well, I'm
0: I'm still waiting on it. I uh, no, I no, sent. It's lost.
1: You're lost. Just deal with it.
0: I have a ticket open with Bittrex, which hopefully by the time this interview airs, will have resolved, Mr. Travis Right
2: <laughs> There you go. So, um, you know, getting into the space, I'm a researcher by heart uh, or at heart, I would say. And I like to do significant research on any investment decision that I make, you know, so whether it be Bitcoin or Neo or Litecoin, et cetera. Uh, I found myself doing a lot of research. So outside of just the barriers to entry and the sophistication of creating wallets and all those different types of things, just doing research, I found myself you know, going to CoinMarketCap, going to CoinGecko, going to Cointelegraph, Coindesk, like bits and pieces of information or what I call crumbs were left on each one of those sites to give me a piece of the whole picture uh, that I would need to make a solid investment decision. The problem with that, is that number one, some of the information many times was conflicting, right? So whether it be price or a story, somebody was saying something vastly different than the other. And then secondarily to that is, you know, just trying to figure out in real time, you know, how can I take that information and trade upon it? Well, I just told you, I went to, you know, 10, 15, 20 different sites and that takes time. So after an hour or two of research, a lot of times, especially in 2017 with the extreme volatility, I'd come back and I'd go to trade on Coinbase or Bittrex or whatever the other case may be. And a lot of times I'd miss the boat by 10, 20, even 50%. Because as we all know, in 2017, the volatility was just so high that in an hour, you know, something could drop by 50%. It was crazy. So I realized that there had to be a better way. So I wanted to set out to create a solution for myself at first, right? I'm solving my own problem. And I wanted to basically take the best uh, nuggets of data, if you will, and pieces of data from all these sites and aggregate it into one location so I could make quicker and more sound financial trading decisions. I went to a few conferences in 2017. I think the first one I went to was actually Blockchain Connect in San Francisco. Started talking to a few people and just letting them know what I was working on. And very quickly, I realized that you know, this wasn't just a problem that I was having. This is a problem that applied to the entire industry. And I had remembered that this wonderfully handsome man uh, named uh, Travis Wright happened to speak at a conference that I was at. It was actually from my company at the time, uh, working at a digital marketing firm called Brandify. And he had spoken about a few different things. And I didn't really put two and two together until I realized that, He was, you know, one of the co-hosts of Bad Crypto Podcast. So I reached out to him on LinkedIn and I said, hey, remember I met you at this conference. Here's what I'm trying to do. And he was really like the first person, you know, outside of my just personal network that validated that I categorized as an influencer that said, holy crap, if you can pull this off, I'd be so interested in helping you out. Right. So that was all the validation I needed. From then on, I literally just worked LinkedIn and found So many other people that were passionate about what we were doing. I found some of the top data scientists, mathematicians, and AI practitioners in the space to join in on a team to bring this thing to life. And that's kind of all is history from
1: there. Well, I apologize for sending you down the rabbit hole. (laughs) I I shouldn't have encouraged you so much. (laughs) <laughs> I <don't>, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, you know what? It's one of those things. It's like, man, there's just so much information out there, but it's in all disparate locations, and you can't really aggregate it effectively. Nobody's aggregated effectively. Then putting a layer on top of it where AI can start making decisions and noticing patterns, and and you know identifying potential opportunities. If that gets created, was the thought? Well, then that would be really amazing because that could be helpful for a whole lot of people and people would pay good money for that. Right. In theory. Yep, exactly. Right. So where are you today with it? Now I know that that was uh that was several months ago when we originally had that conversation. You've been working diligently on that since then. So what's the state of Coin Genius today and then also your your um, parent company what is Genius XV is that correct?
2: Yeah, Genius 15 but with Genius the Roman numerals, XV. Uh, you can check out geniusxv.com as well. Um, the idea with Genius 15 is that you know, cryptocurrency is you know, something to where there's a huge need in the market and we're solving a big problem for a lot of people. But it's the first use case. It's solving our own problem first. We plan to deploy this to a number of different asset classes out there uh, that desperately need some sort of quantification and cleansing and normalizing of the data to also further inform traders of the data that's contributing to the price or the volatility of a particular asset. Um, you'd be amazed to see how many industries need something like this as well. Even something as old as you know the traditional equity space. So getting back to where we are now, um, you know a lot of time has elapsed. You know we're <laughs> going through crypto winter, as you said, which is very hard for a company like ours. Um, to raise funding, because you know there's a lot of people that you know don't have uh, as good of a taste in their mouth as they did in 2017, where there was a lot of speculation, there was you know millions of billions of dollars you know flowing into these ICOs. Well, the main difference between us and a lot of the other companies out there is that. You know, we want to build a longstanding, sustainable business and a good business model that can stand the test of time, which is why we want to apply this to different asset classes. We're raising via traditional equity. So we are not a coin. We don't have a coin. So we are not an ICO. Um, We are a very traditional company. We're a data and analytics provider that happens to be very passionate about solving a big problem in the cryptocurrency space. So over the last you know, 10 months or so, we have just been busy. uh, What do they call it? Biddling. Uh, You know, just building as much as we can. Uh, Our team is passionate about fulfilling this mission. Uh, So, we have been basically not only partnering with some of the top data providers out there, but for us to be able to go out to the public and say, hey, we have something significant here that's of value. We wanted to first kind of drink our own Kool Aid, if you will. So, we did a significant amount of back testing over the last 10 months. Uh, We put together predictive analytics and predictive models, like, as an example. To validate if we had good, clean data, the good way to validate that is, let's apply that, put it in a neural net, and see if we can predict with a high degree of accuracy the next day price of Bitcoin, as an example. So that was our first test. Well, that came back extremely accurate. We've only gotten better with that over time as we've incorporated more data sources and validated the data um, and I think anybody in the space, when you throw around buzzwords like AI and machine learning, like, what does that really mean? It's only as good as the data that you provided, right? So that's our mission is finding the best and highest quality data possible to feed these algorithms. So now we have a good set of algorithms that do a bunch of different things. We have something that's clean and normalized market data uh, that we put a layer of cleansing on top of and an algorithm that helps normalize that. Uh, We have predictive models and algorithms that anticipate the 24-hour prediction corridor for Bitcoin as an example, as well as six coins to follow. And we're also building out our website that'll be ready probably by the airing of this particular podcast on coingenius.ai. You'll be able to see custom curated news feeds. So it's aggregating news from around the internet. So don't just go to Coindesk or Cointelegraph. It's aggregating the best of the best Uh, And we're analyzing that to make sure we surface things that we think are legitimate to the space. And you can also search on it by coin, uh, which is a lot of what we do is aggregating information by coin, because we have this hypothesis that all we really care about as individuals is the coins we're invested in or the ones that we're thinking about investing in. I don't need all the other noise. Just give me uh, the information I need based on what I what I'm looking for. So that'll be on the website as well. Also, we'll have um, you know market data, so all the coin prices, etc. Uh, and this is where we can basically jump into and you know, open a can of worms, which is our approach and methodology for calculating you know what the actual ranking system is in this industry. This has been a big controversy over time. There's been many people that have approached this in, in, a, in a number of different ways, um, all of which you know because this is such a community-driven type of industry has a lot of people, you know, trying to poke holes in these different methodologies. And, and, you know, we're not here to say that we know better than everybody else. But what we do know is, is that more you can empower people with data and show them all the data points that could contribute to a price, then everybody can make their own determination. And that's what we aim to do. So we'll have market price coin data. And on the details page, we will basically provide a plethora of data points. And I'll give a few examples right now. And you see, once again, bits and pieces of this on different sites already. So we're not reinventing the wheel, but giving people better data and more of it. What you know, so take into consideration things like, you know, I come from a digital marketing background. So I understand website analytics and things like that. So, you know, how many people are actually actively engaging on these sites? How many people are actively engaging in the forums and the chat channels? How many followers do they have? How many followers of those are bots potentially, as an example? Are there regulation considerations to take into account? Are they legal uh, as it relates to the SEC and their categorization of that that particular asset? Uh, What's the trading volume? So basically, marrying quantitative and qualitative factors um, that we will build upon over time, which will all contribute to how we calculate the rankings. That is something that you can look forward to in the very near future as well. We'll start off very basic and add to that. And the great thing is, is that we we feel that obviously the space is very community oriented and community driven. And we're the first to admit that we don't have all the answers and that there's really smart people out there. And we would love for people to help contribute to this platform and contribute to this whole ecosystem. So we'll have the ability for people to add their own metrics and contribute to that as well.
0: You, You know, Jeremy. I've never seen it laid out where there's so many different uh, sentiments and signals that could impact the markets and on the webpage, you know, you've kind of got the, the reporting sources like, you know, coin market cap and medium and hacker noon and all those here in the center, but surrounding that, I mean, here's the list of signals just so everybody can see how many different um, sources you're having to pull in information from software signals, bot signals, corporate PR, government regulation, court decisions, crisis signals, blockchain tech, fiat money, fake signals, troll signals signals memes paid signals sell signals hacked signals buy manipulator social influencer like there's so many things that impact the the price of of crypto and uh, your ai platform is supposed to be able to weed through all this and and pick up on it so you know what i'm hearing you saying is we're not going to say that these other guys methodology sucks but we are the best um
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once again, I, I love that anybody is contributing to the space in some capacity, right? I think Um, you know, it's, uh, there's, there's plenty of sayings I could use here, but basically we don't view anybody as like a direct competitor because I think we take bits and pieces of what other people have done and just build upon that. And we expect people to do that with us. And that's why the community aspect of what we're doing is going to be really important over time because we need the smart minds and the brains of people in this industry that probably have some of the better Intel and some of those signals than we even do. So I think that's going to be the power of this whole thing.
1: So I have a question then around your methodology around, you know, rankings and, you know, coin market cap and some of the different things, because like they have their own where they're figuring out, you know, how many coins are in circulation versus how much the price is. There's the market cap, but there's so much more that goes into that. So what's your guys' methodology for figuring all that out?
2: Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. And the interesting thing is, is that we have a, a pretty robust like, research team. Um, and it, it's really exciting to dive into that to really uncover some of the things and different approaches. Um, there's uh, a different podcast called Nomics. Uh, or actually, it's called Flippening. And uh, it's hosted by the CEO of Nomics, which uh, Clay Collins, I believe you already had on your show. But he put out an audio book about how market caps and coin market caps are calculated and how it's vastly different than the traditional equity space. Uh, because there's so many different factors. So for us specifically, here's some like things of note that a lot of people really don't talk about. If you really think about the top 10 coins and break them down, you have four projects, you have one trading vehicle, you have one exchange, and then you have four commodities, really. Um, and what I mean by that, Stellar, Tron, EOS, and Ripple are really like projects. They're like companies, right? They have the head of a company, they have an office location, they have large holders, et cetera. Um, you know, four of the top 10 are those. Those are their projects. You know, one's a trading vehicle in Tether and people use it as trading vehicle to come in and out of particular um, assets. One's an exchange in Binance. And then the commodities being Litecoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin, cash and Bitcoin. Right. So if you think about why am I analyzing those and, and putting those apples to apples to where I'm telling you those are vastly different in terms of what they are. What are they comprised of? Right? How can you compare a commodity to a project or a commodity to a trading vehicle or a commodity to an exchange? Like For us, it's about how can we break that up and think of it in a completely new context? I want to compare apples to apples. So I can say, Litecoin comparatively to Ethereum, how is it doing? Well, I can actually quantify that because now I'm talking the same language. I can say Litecoin is doing really good because it just got some institutional capital uh, with a deal from the UFC. So it, it's it's some interesting things that are happening in a different take on how to approach this. And I think this approach um, is going to be something that you know people will really appreciate because once again we're breaking it down and making it simpler for people to say, okay, what are the rankings for this particular bucket? Because now we're all talking about the same thing versus. Coin market cap, which will eventually be on all these sites. And I don't know if you guys can comment on this or not, but like, how do you feel about uh, doing a market cap and a ranking system that's comparing utility tokens, commodities, projects, all these things, and now security tokens that'll come in the future? Does that seem like it's a fair comparison? I, I would argue no.
1: Yeah, it's very exciting. So the, the website is coingenius.ai. What would you say are some of the most the key sentiments that people need to pay attention to that maybe they're out there doing their own due diligence and their own research? That's one of the things we pride ourselves on teaching people to do or at least informing people to do their own research. And In your guys's estimation now, what are some of the things that you find that that really drive that really drive movement in the markets today?
2: So for us, um, we have a very strong opinion that at least right now, as we're still in a pretty highly unregulated environment, especially as it relates to the U.S., you're seeing clarity in some other countries, but not full clarity anywhere, right? So with that said, I mean, at the end of the day, what's driving the market is sentiment. Um, Sentiment and consumer sentiment across social media channels and forums and chat channels. The conversations are being had, whether they're private or public is a very different story. But the people that are driving this market, whether they're trying to manipulate it fraudulently or not, um, those conversations are being had somewhere. So how do you basically put, as uh, my CEO, Christina, talks about, put a big ear out to the public and try to ingest as much as you can? We're not going to catch everything. Absolutely not. But we can make a best educated guess and use the help of things like sophisticated machine learning algorithms and neural nets to help us sort through the noise, look historically back on some of the factors that we can see very clearly contributed to volatility and see how that plays out in this type of market environment. Because where we're at today is vastly different than that of where we were in 2017 and 2016, etc. I would argue that this particular time is very interesting in the sense that not much has really happened over the last month. There hasn't been much movement. Sure, there's been a, a few bear traps and a few things that have happened. But overall, it stayed pretty flat. So we have to adjust even our algorithms to, to respond to a different type of environment. Because if we trained our algorithms based on what happened in 2013 and, and looked to deploy that as of today, that's not going to work, right? Because the same things, as far as the signals, I would assign vastly different weights to each of those signals mm-hmm. as it relates to you know, uh, calculating volatility.
1: So what everyone wants to know is, you know, so it's not going to be when Lambo when moon now. So like when Toyota Corolla, I mean, when, <laughs> <laughs> when Tesla, when can we get to the edge of town? I mean,
0: <laughs> <laughs> when? when rental car, yeah, <laughs> certainly. Well, Jeremy, tell us us what else is, um, you know, on your mind is you from from a number of perspectives, one, you know, approaching this current marketplace and, um, you know, looking for the right investors. And I know you guys you you you're moving forward, but you're uh, I guess you're going to hit your round a round here. Is that correct? No, we had a pre-seed round, we closed that, uh,
2: and now this is our seed round. Uh, we're looking for very uh, strong investors, strategic investors, and most specifically a lead investor to help lead this next round.
0: Yeah, so what are you, you, know, what are you feeling out there as you talk to people in this this wintry, uh, bearish market? I personally have never felt so
2: optimistic about the space, um, you know, whether it's crypto in general or blockchain as an underlying infrastructure and technology that powers that. Obviously, we're seeing so many things happen. Let's not even talk about you know the JPM coin and all that stuff. Like forget all that stuff. But let's at the not, end of the day, let's
0: not talk about those guys. Let's not talk about the face coin either. <laughs> the, coin. the interesting
2: thing is, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna share some things with you that um, I don't hear many people talking about, right? And this is it goes along with all of our research and analyzing the market caps and coins and just looking historically and seeing different things. If you really think about it, what we need to do to drive this market forward, it's not necessarily institutional adoption. Yes, that will drive the price up, absolutely. But in order for this to survive over the long term, we need to focus on building everything other than Bitcoin, right? If you think about it, back in 2017 in January, if you look at, uh, I think on CoinMarketCap, they have this stat as well, where they show the market cap minus Bitcoin. Well, look at that in January 2017, it's $2 billion. So feasibly, if an institution came in and wanted to buy up All of the other coins, and all based on that market cap, they could have done it for $2 billion. Now, obviously, that's much more today. But at the end of the day, Bitcoin has already had some really good price pumps over time. People have made a good amount of money. People have lost a lot of money. But what about the rest of all the coins and projects that are out there? That's where we need to educate people and get institutional type of money into the space to help those grow, to help normalize it. And I think when that happens and we see that influx of capital and normalization of different types of projects come to life, I think that's when we're going to see this thing grow significantly. I think we're starting to see it. And a bunch of people put money obviously into ICOs, but a lot of those people also lost a lot of money as well. So it didn't necessarily give people the ability to build something of substance. That's what we need to focus on. And that's my message which is if we want this long-term mass adoption, that's what it's going to take.
1: Yeah, I love it. I think that it's really interesting. So, how, so how far are you along today then with the app? I mean, where is uh, is it uh, is it functional? Do you have like an, a minimal viable product that's already working? Are you guys still beta testing some of the stuff? I know you guys have built together some some interesting you know algorithms, and you guys have you know done some stuff on on the AI, and you, you've compiled a whole lot of sources and a lot of information, but like. Where is the platform today and maybe how, how long until it might see prime time?
2: Sure. So we're in alpha stage right now. Uh, we're looking to do beta in April and do a public launch in June, but that's with one specific product set. So we've done a few different pivots as any other startup would have. Um, we started thinking we were going to be mobile first and create an app and just, you know, bring this to the masses. But what we realized is that if we did that, we'd be very dependent on other people's data and other people's uh, APIs and the infrastructures they set up, which you know, is not necessarily very favorable. So what we decided to do was because we went to a lot of conferences and spoke to people you know, especially on the hedge fund level, institutional level, that were really interested in getting like a higher, uh, I guess, deeper level of granularity in terms of the data. They really liked what they were doing, what we were doing, and what we realized is that we needed to build out our own API infrastructure that people like them could ingest into their platforms over time. Um, and then on top of that, we can then build on top of our own APIs and build a web portal and the research portal that we've been looking at for a long time now, and then we could bring out an app um, because everything would be on our, our own platform. So it's kind of like, as uh, my head of data science says, uh, you know, eating your own dog food, if you will. So uh, building out the API. So we have some people testing out the API as we speak right now. Uh, the API will be available for the beta participants. Uh, I think we've capped that out right now in terms of uh, the people that are interested in that. Um, but like I said, in June, we'll have that available. We'll have a number of different signals and things that people can ingest into their algorithms to help them refine it. And hopefully, you know, uh, that can empower them to get higher returns. At the end of the day, we are not a data provider. Uh, I'm sorry, we are a data provider. We are not here to say... Um, trade now and you're going to make a profit kind of thing. We're here to empower people with data and give them as clean and granular level of data as possible. I, I,
0: mean, I like the thinking. pretty app that you've got on your homepage. That's what I want because it says the current price of Bitcoin is $4,781. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, when yeah. talking about the price of Bitcoin, what uh, do you think the likelihood is that John McAfee will lose his bet and have to eat his own dick? Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, I do like that interview that you guys posted, I think, on your mastermind as well, about
2: that one lady that was interviewing him. That was really funny and very candid. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know when it's going to get to those levels. Do I think it can get to those levels in terms of maybe over a million dollars of Bitcoin at some point, um, just based on basic
0: supply and demand principles? I guess it's feasible. Um, but do I- yeah, but he's he's saying end of 2020 million, it'll hit a million dollars before the end of 20. Yeah, Um, I think that is, uh, I don't don't know if we're going to get there that quick. I think it might just take
2: some more time. I think it's definitely in the cards. It's definitely possible to get to those levels. But there also could be another situation to where, you know, you have the whole MySpace, Facebook situation to where before that even occurs, you have somebody like a Facebook or a newer project, a newer coin that takes over as the king, right? And that could very well happen. And that could be because, you know, we get mass adoption and institutional money into a space. Maybe it's Facebook coin. Who knows what it's going to be? But that is also a very serious possibility as well. I don't think Bitcoin's going anywhere. I think people love it. I think this is, you know, the granddaddy of everything, as everybody always says. Um, so I think it'll be around for a lot longer than that of a MySpace, uh, especially when you get to the end of its existence in terms of the, the block rewards that are distributed, because that will end at one point.
1: Sure. Hey, give a shout out to your team. You know, you got, you got, you got some really smart people from a lot of really great companies. I mean, you got folks from Google and IBM and Nielsen ratings and Yahoo folks. I mean, Maybe maybe give a shout out to some of the key members on your team and and how they're contributing to the project overall.
2: Yeah, sure. We uh, you know I couldn't do this without my team. Absolutely. So really good point. Uh, we have some really incredible people, really incredible advisors, like people from you know Bank of America, like you said, and uh, Comcast, and and just really intelligent people. Not just to put a pretty name or you know a face on your project or on your white paper. It's for us. It's like. You have to be passionate about what we're doing and love what we're doing and work well within the confines of our organization and get along with our team from a cultural perspective for it to work. So, like we're very stringent on who we bring on the team, but the people that we have, like our CEO Christina Bruhan, uh, incredible at what she does. Um, you know, as as far as bringing it all together, she's she's she just goes out there and she'll talk to anybody, she'll pitch anybody. She actually just won the pitch competition, I think maybe at the last or maybe the second to the last. Uh, Washington D.C. conference that they had out there, um, so that was really cool. So we're just we're just a scrappy team that uh, you know goes out and we try to spread the word. It's pretty interesting, and I think I said this to uh, you know, Joel before we started the interview, which is it's pretty incredible in the sense that we've been to a heck of a lot of conferences, my whole team included. Right, so I have a Wall Street trading team, I have you know this team that's based uh, distributed across the U.S. So my head of data science. Uh, Sam Franklin is uh, out of uh, Atlanta as well. So we all come together and we go to some of these conferences and spread the word. And because of that, we're seeing the results of that. Even though we don't have anything launched yet, the name recognition is there. People have heard of Coin Genius and they're just really excited for us to launch because they want to use what we're building. Um, So that's really rewarding for me and the rest of the team because we work our butts off to make sure that we put together something of substance and something that's really valuable. And if anybody has any feedback or thoughts or considerations, like we're always open. We're an open book. And we know that we can't do it alone and that we don't hold the keys to the kingdom. We don't have all the answers. So this is why we're opening it up to the community. So people can you know, follow us on on Twitter at CoinGenius underscore AI. Go to CoinGenius.ai and reach out that way. You can follow me, Jeremy underscore, uh, underscore Born, on Twitter as well. Just reach out to us and have a conversation. This is a really exciting time. And I think together we can solve a lot of these big problems.
1: Mm-hmm. Work your butt off harder. I, I mean, we want this app now. Come on, man. I know. That whip. I, Get him I'm going. Working, I'm working real hard.
0: <laughs> For she sure. had too
1: much butt left. Let's go. Yeah. You don't need to add, add <laughs> any more
0: pretty faces as advisors. That's why you brought us on. Like, I mean, come on, right? This, we, we pretty exactly. up the site. Exactly. Uh, Coin
1: Genius. I think I think we were number two and three on the team. Oh, yeah. We were,
0: we were there in the beginning. Uh, this is a great project. And, uh, of course, we're not making any investment advice at all because we're not financial advisors. But we do want to see this project come to fruition. Jeremy, thanks a lot. And uh, we appreciate you coming on CoinGenius.ai. Thank you, guys.
2: Thanks for all the support, guys. You guys were some of the earliest, as you said, and uh, really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully the Bad Crypto community really appreciates what we're doing and you can support us along the way. So thanks.
0: Really cool to see how far this project has come along from when we first started discussions. And I really want to see them carry this ball across the goal line.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd like to see it, too. I've heard about it, and you all have heard about it now. Soon we'll be able to see about it. Whenever they launchify it. So I'm looking forward to that. CoinGenius.ai. You don't see the .ai's every day, Mr. Joel Com. Uh,
0: You don't see them most days.
1: CoinGenius.ai. Makes it seem more sophisticated. This is really good AI because you know it has a .ai.
0: You know, Travis, tax day is coming up here soon. Maybe after tax day, the cryptos will finally come to life.
1: Mm, maybe so. We said that last year, too. Is that, oh, it's going to bounce back after tax day.
0: <laughs> it did bounce downward. Mm-hmm. You could have it a downward did. bounce, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, Travis has AI in it. It's pretty good. <laughs> does that mean you really are a TravBot 3000? I am 3000? extra smart. Tra- TravBot 3000.413. We had an update. There were some vulnerabilities we had to capture.
0: What does this latest update do?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, it determines, it determines the uh, loftiness of farts.
0: <laughs> you know, one of my friends posted today um, on Facebook, he's, he asked, post something that you've done that you know without a doubt none of my other friends have done. And I said, made the iFart app. Game over. Oh, nice. Mic nice. drop. Yeah. yeah. Boom. That was true. it because nobody else did that. I did that. You didn't build did that. that. I built that.
1: Yeah, and you built classic games back in the day. You sold to Yahoo, so like you're a gamester. And you wrote a book. That is true. It's a really <laughs> it's good book. You've done some really epic things, and like, and I wrote a book too. You like, and here's my 15.
0: Look at them; they're still cute together. Maybe one day we'll write my 16th book together, and it will, it will be your second book. Maybe, Maybe it'll we'll be
1: write. about crypto. You know, my second book's it's- being worked on right now. My second book is all about stacking skills.
0: All right. Okay, so it'll be your third book. I wonder, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you guys can give us some input on this. If we were to write a book on crypto, uh, what approach should we take? Should it be a, a beginner's guide? Um, you know, what? I don't know. I, I don't want to actually throw any more ideas out there. I'm curious. Why don't you give us your feedback? Send us an email to badcryptopodcast at gmail.com and let us know what you think would make for an interesting crypto book that people would actually want to read mm-hmm. uh, and buy, not steal off a, of, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: What is it you really like? Do you like the crypto or do you like our attempts at comedy? Because they're not quite it's not quite comedy, but it's our attempts at it. So it's it's very artistic and it's in our expressions.
0: Dude, on uh, Saturday night, yes, you had already left San Diego, and uh, I know that this is uh, a week after we get back, but you had already left San Diego on that Saturday night. Uh, Aaron and I went to that comedy club in the gas lamp. It's called the Madhouse because mm-hmm. my my friend David Nyhill, who's an Irish man – Um, he does the funny biz conference out in California. Anyway, he was, he was not the main act. He was the lead up to the main act. And there was like six acts that night and the first three, they just died. They, I mean, oh, my gosh, especially the second one. This poor girl was trying out new material and just absolutely died on stage. I think he said that she basically got off stage and just left the building and didn't talk to anybody. It was just horrible.
1: <laughs> those, I've been, I've had those nights. I had a night when I went up on, and did comedy, and, like, I think I, I was, was, was I inebriated? Was I, I don't think I was drinking. Oh, some friends came up, and I smoked up before I went up on stage smoke marijuana and it was the absolute worst bit that I've ever done and I even had friendly people in the crowd <laughs> so I learned okay yes do not smoke up before doing comedy not funny couple drinks before comedy oh that's really good cuz then you get in the little comedy mode smoking weed before you do comedy not good you do that after you do comedy don't Pretty do much every scare. comedian does that yeah
0: stay stay in, stay in school
1: that's, <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> Doing comedy, stand up comedy, open mic in different cities around the world has always been fun because you just meet so many random people that are just mostly funny. And then after the comedy's over and you're hanging around with them all, cracking jokes and drinking beer, good times. Good
0: times. And now the Bad Crypto Podcast with more banter. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please be sure to review and uh, share with a friend because we need all the help we can
1: get because we're bad. That is true. We're so bad. We're going to have to stay. Should we end the the show? Should we like tell another story? Uh, I have a quick story. I could tell. Okay. Tell the story. Go ahead. Well, it's Saturday. Whenever you were seeing the comedy, I was actually at a a friend's wedding. I've known the dude since I was 10. And uh, which is crazy that I've known this dude 35 years. Wow. And, uh, and then what's wild is uh, he has five. Well, he's, he's one of five brothers and sisters, right? So all five of them, each one of them had three kids. And now some of them have kids that have ki- three to four kids each. Oh my god! Like this place was completely full of mostly family because it's like we have five people and have three kids each. That's a lot. You get so many grandbabies and so it was just like exponential people all over. It's crazy. It's like man, I haven't seen these people since I was little. It was crazy. Cool story, bro. In some cases
0: That's was good. That's a cool
1: story. Thanks for. I did interrupt to stay bad for that.
0: Thanks. So. Thanks for. Uh, thanks for sharing. That was some bonus banter. For those of you that are still that listening, was. and that
1: was true. go ahead. Tim. Several, several uh, crypto fans though in the group that I uh, ran into as well. Tim Moore, can, shout out to Tim. Can you finish fans. the show? And uh, you know, I just at the end of the deal, we just all said "stay bad" and we sang "Kumbaya."
0: And it was good. And "Hava Nagila." <laughs> mm-hmm. It wasn't a Jewish wedding though, <laughs> but you could have sang "Hava Nagila" anyway.
1: But we didn't. That would have been bad. Right. It's almost as close to a "stay bad" as we can get.